Welcome to When I Was a Girl. You are about to listen to part three of a three-part interview with Delmarine Williams as she shares her testimony of surviving sex trafficking. The experience led her to believe that there was no other way to sustain herself except through a life of prostitution, but God had other plans in store. Delmarine's remarkable story takes a turn for the better as she fought for a transformed life, grew exponentially in her faith, and now leads an impacting life of purpose and stability. Don't forget to check out parts one and two of her story to get the full picture. All right, so being in that relationship and um, getting to know this person, it was good. We were, we were good. But like I said, um, he did not like my children and I did not know that he did not like my children at the get-go. Um, we got engaged and it was after we got engaged that I found out because my sons were not living with us at that time. So okay. it was after I had gone engaged and that I realized that he did not like my children. Wow. And I knew from that moment that, you know, this would not be my husband. This would not be a relationship because I loved my boys. Everything that I did up to this point was basically right. for my children and to protect them, try to be sure that they were, you know, getting food, they had clothes, they were going to school and all of that. So to be in a relationship where this person does not like my children, it would not work. So I needed a plan. Yes. And it became confusing because on one hand, he was a good man. He was taking care of me. Um, he wasn't um, being any way abusive to me. Well, I thought, I didn't know that there was another side of abuse, which is also emotional abuse. Because me not getting to spend enough time with my children um, is emotional abuse for me. So while the physical abuse and the sexual abuse had stopped, this was an, also another form of abuse. Right. So I knew that it could not work. You know, I knew that the relationship could not work, but I didn't want to just hop and leave. I wanted to be sure that when I left this relationship, I was stable enough where I didn't have to go back to prostitution and where I did not have to depend on anybody. I wanted to be on my own foot. Right. So I started to make plans of how I was going to get a job, the type of job that I needed to have and all of that. And it so happened that I started going back to my old church at this point. I started going back to the church that I used to attend. This church was where? In Portmore? In Portmore, yes. It's still in Portmore. Okay. All of this is still happening in Portmore. Right. And I overheard a conversation uh, where another church sister was telling another one that she could send her son to some recruitment because the security um, firm, um, private security firm was taking on. But when I heard the name of the security firm, I was like, this security firm only do harm guards. And certainly I am not qualified or trained to, to go. But I said, you know what, I'm going to try and go and see if, I could get in. Um, so I, when I went home, I said to him, I'm going to go tomorrow to see about a job. And he got upset because he did not want me to work. He wanted me to solely depend on him. Right. And it would have worked. It would have worked if he was taking care of my boys. The relationship could have worked if he was taking care of my boys at that time. But he didn't want um, he just he didn't want to take no. Right. He didn't want the boys. And I didn't hide the fact from him from him rather that I had children. I didn't right. hide them. Um and so he told me point blank that he wasn't giving me any money to go look for any job. He didn't want his girlfriend to work and whatever. 
but it was coming near to school. It was coming up to September when it was time for back to school. And my boys had nothing to go back to school. And as a mother, that did not sit well with me at all. I needed to be sure that my boys were going to school looking just as good as, as any other child. Right. So I decided I was going to ask the driver to just bring me. I don't know how I was going to get there because I was going into Crossroads you now for this interview. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I just knew that I had got up the Monday morning. I put on my best clothes and I left out. The bus stop was right at our gate and I stood out there and the bus came and I asked the doctor. I said, listen, going for a job interview, I have no money and this is where I need to get. And he said, of course, come in, man. And, you know, got the drive to... um. So after the same thing, to crossroads, long and short of it, I got the job. Um, but I didn't know that I got the job on the same day. They told me that they would call months past, and I didn't hear from them. And the relationship now was getting worse to the point where we would go for weeks without speaking to each other. So after we would go for weeks without speaking to each other, it was the relationship was being um, it was weird and it was getting strenuous. And I knew that knew that I just whatever plans I had. I put in place, I needed to execute it because, you know, it, the relationship was just getting bad. It wasn't, still wasn't being physical abusive or sexual abusive, but it was just getting bad because we would, like I said, we would go for weeks without speaking to each other and I didn't want that. Right. So I remember just praying and asking God to, you know, just let this job come through because I didn't hear from them for weeks. And I was praying and I said, God, I started even to repent of everything that I had done because I didn't want anything to block, you know, God from blessing me. So I started to repent because I knew how to pray because, of course, I grew up in church, like I would mentioned before and all of that. Right. And I remember one week after him not speaking to me for about two weeks, um, it was so bad that I gave him food and he just threw the food basically at me. That was his first sign of being physical abusive. And I remember I started to cry because I was like, I am not going through this again with anybody. And I remember just saying, God, please, please. And uh, this was, he was upstairs and I was going downstairs back into the kitchen to clean up myself. And I remember my phone rang and it was a security company. And the person on the other hand identified himself and said, if I was still interested, I needed to come tomorrow to collect my uniforms and the brief from where I start work and tomorrow could not come fast enough. That Monday morning could not come fast enough. <laughs> and I went and I was told that, you know, I was going to work at an hotel and all of that and it was in Alpha Tree. So I was saying that God was just working everything out because I didn't have any money. I knew he would not give me money to go to work, but it was just a hundred dollars to Alpha Tree and a hundred dollars back home. So I could kind of pencil that out, you know. It wasn't where I had to take a lot of um, transportation to get to work. So I was saying, thank you, Jesus, for working, especially that out for me. Right. Went home, um, went home, got my uniforms together and everything. And I decided that when I get my first paycheck, I didn't know how much I was going to get paid or anything. But I was going to save it and try and get a room to rent. So I could go get my kids and I could just start my life, basically. First morning that I was leaving out of the house to go to work, that was when he actually put his hand on me. He said to me, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to work. I already told you that I got the job. You saw my uniforms and everything. So I'm going to work. And he hit me across the face. Mm. And when he hit me, yes. I was like, I am not doing this again and I'm going to stand up for myself. And there was a knife that was like, you had, you had had enough. And it was just like, yeah, man, I was fed up. I, I was fed up. Yeah. Really tired of it. Mm -hmm. 
And it was like a light bulb moment. It was like something went off in me that says, you deserve better than this. You can do better than this. You can live on your own. You can be better than this. And so as, when it hit me across the face, it was as reflex. I just took up the knife and I came up and I um, stabbed him in the shoulder with wow. the knife. And I just stepped out of the house. And I cried all the way to work. When I got to work, I told the girl that I was working with what was happening. And she was scared for me because she said that, boy, when you get home, you know, you can do you anything and all of that. But when I got home, when I got home in the evening, he he was, um, he apologized, you know, um, told me that he was sorry and it would never happen again. But I did not believe him because I have heard all of those stories before. And yeah. whether he was sincere or not, it didn't mean anything to me because I have heard it before. I have been in that situation before, so I, yeah. I, I wasn't having any of it. I told him it's all right, and I carried on because I knew what times I had. Uh, um, and so after I got my first paycheck, I realized it wasn't enough to do what I wanted to do. So I had to wait again for the second paycheck, which I did. And uh, the moment that I got my paycheck, I, he went to work and I got my son and I said, listen, pack all your stuff into whichever bag you can find, candle bags, market bags, whatever, and we're leaving. And he was like, mommy, where are we going? I said to him, I don't know where we're going, but we can't stay here. We have to leave. And so I packed and I called a taxi. When the guy came for me, he was like, what are you doing? And this was somebody that I knew from, from I was in prostitution. This taxi oh. man, because I often use him to carry me places. Okay. And he was like, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to move you. I don't want to carry your stuff anywhere because this is a man and woman, top man. And I was like, listen, you, you know me. You know me. And if I said I'm done with something, I'm done. So just help me. Um, eventually, I convinced him and he did. When I was in the car, I, I looked at my boys and, I, and, you know, I was saying that, boy, I, I'm so tired of doing this to them. Out of one relationship into another, you know, they just being unhappy. And the moment they started to get happy, something would happen. And, you know, it wasn't good for them. And yeah. I decided, I, I made a promise to them in that taxi. I said, you will never hear mother with any man or in any relationship ever again, unless it is her husband and somebody that you can look up to. I held on to that promise. Mm. So I got a, a room, um, I got a, a one-bedroom near to where my father was living. This is still in Portmore. Right. And I remember when I got there, the place, there was water on the premises, but there was no electricity. Remember, I didn't have a bed. I didn't have anything at all. Right. But I decided that this was better than where I was coming from. So I swept out the house with a piece of my clothes. And we, I put my clothes down on the floor. And we slept that night. Got up the morning, told my stepsister to just look after my boys. Well, I went to work. And I went to work, did my job as if nothing happened. Didn't say anything to anybody. Still professional. And that went on for about two weeks. Okay. And uh, I remember during that time, during that time, I was like, I was done with men. If I was going to be in a relationship, it would have been a woman I would I, I'm going to try out this lesbian thing that was my intention because obviously man are good mm -hmm. and so that was my intention to become a lesbian but I also remember praying and I said God I want to try with you first to see how this would go how this would work out this is me reaching out to you as best as I can or how best I know yeah. so just do what you have to do some prayer like that I prayed <laughs> And I remember when I was at work and um, this person drove in, um, I think he was on leave. So the first two or three weeks that I was there, I did not see him because he was 
just fresh now coming off his leave. And he drove in and he gave his name and, uh, you know, pleasantries. And I said to the person, I said to the, the my co-worker, I said, I'm going to marry that guy. And she was like, who? And I said, that person that drove in, I didn't even remember his name. And she said, who? And I said, the man that, the man that just drove in. And she, she mentioned his name. And I said, that's his name. And I, it was like, it was stuck in my head. And on the wall, there was um, some bits of paper with um, telephone numbers of these different persons, of all the staff and the heads of the department. So when I looked on the paper, his name was on there and his telephone number. I took his telephone number instantly and put it in my phone. <laughs> um, and so I watched him coming out of the car. Mm-hmm. But what was what was um, what was amazing was that ever since I was small, I would journal what I want my husband or what my, what my ideal husband should look like, the type right. of job that he should have, and all of that. No, this man just looking at him met all of that. He was a chef because I love to eat. I'm a big foodie. I can't cook to save my life, but <laughs> I love to eat. <laughs> so my husband had to be a chef. He had to be really taller than I was, and he had to have bow legs, or what we call bandy legs. I don't know what my obsession is with Ben Ben foot, but <laughs> that was what I wanted. And looking at him, he had those things, and I was saying to my friend that, yes, I am going to marry to this man. And she said, boy, you don't even know if you married or anything. And I was like, I don't care. That's my husband. I'm going to marry to him, and that is it. He went in. Um changed into his uniform and came back to where we were, um, you know, introduced himself again and, uh, you know, went on. And I said to, I said to my friend, yeah, that's my husband. And, uh, you know, the days following, he would come, come in and he would, inter- um, you know, exchange presentations, good afternoon, how are you doing, whatever, whatever. And I know the time that he would come to work because if she started at three o'clock, he would come in like two thirty there about. So every two o'clock, I run down back to work, pick up my face, pick up my hair. <laughs> So, and I was blushing, and this man hasn't said anything to me up to now. Um, at that point, he didn't even know that I had his number in my phone, and you know, it went on like that until we became friends. And he would take little stuff from me when he was coming to work, and all of that. They were responsible for giving us lunch, security guards, the, the, the hotel was responsible for giving us lunch. Okay. And he would make sure that my lunch was a little bit bigger and had more stuff in there. It was things like that. Right. And then I remember how we really got serious. Mm-hmm. I was um, planning to go into St. Mary and uh, the person who was supposed to come and relieve me from work, they came late and I was really fussy and I was saying that I have to go to the country and this person don't come in. And he was like, which country? And I said St. Mary. So I knew then that he was also from St. Mary, which was a plus. Right. And... Uh, Oh, I remember okay. him saying to me, take my number and uh, take my number. And when you reach, you call me so that I can be sure that you're safe because I don't want anything to happen to you. And, it's, and I said to him, I don't need to take your number. I already have your number in my phone. And he was like, what? How did you get my number? And I told him and he laughed. <laughs> that night when I got to St. Mary and I called him and he was happy to hear from me. And we, we spent the entire night on the phone just talking. And, uh, you know, when I started to realize that it was becoming serious, I, I, I kind of stepped back. I kind of stepped back because I, even though I wanted to be in a committed relationship and wanted to be with somebody, this man was, uh, he wasn't a Christian. He was a backslider. But I knew that he had a heart for God and he had a heart for people and all of that. But I took a step back because I was like, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to get into another relationship and go through the same things again right so you know i just began to pray more and i was saying lord if this is your will 
you know, let it come through, let nothing happen, just show me if this is your will and all of that stuff. And uh, I remember I said to him that I have some stuff that I wanted to tell him because I wanted to be sure that everything that had happened to me up until that point, yes. that I did not hide anything from him. Okay. And so I said to him, this has happened. I was abused. I was a prostitute. I have done this. I have done that, whatever, whatever. And he said to me, okay, we all have a past. So what, why are you telling me this? You think this is going to scare me? I'm not going to run. I'm not going to want not to be in a relationship with you. I still want to be in a relationship with you. So he said, all of that is scare me. I am not scared. And I said to him, but you know what, too? I knew then, even then, I knew that I had to tell my story. And so I said to him, how would you feel or how will you feel when all of this is out in the open? And people will know that you married a prostitute. People will know that um, I had um, gone through all of these things. How would you feel? And he said, that's, a very that's good your past. Question. That's not you anymore. Right. That's right. not you anymore. And uh, it is you that I want to be with. And if you have to tell your story, I will be with you when you tell your story. I will walk you through it if you need. Um, don't have to be afraid. And that was when I knew that this person was actually the person that God wanted me to be with. And so we got married a year after that. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been six years now, seven years now. Wow. It has been seven years now. Who yes. would have imagined that after a past like what you went through, that, hmm. that God would have worked in this way where, you know, you were able to meet someone and even beyond meeting mm -hmm. your husband now, I mean, the fact that, that, that God himself just made himself present in your time of need, you know, and helped you. Right. When you were alone, you know, you went, you took mm -hmm. that, that, that room and you had the kids with basically nothing, but there, there was your opportunity to just... Nothing, just, just our clothes. You had nothing, just the clothes. But there it is that, that, that God mm -hmm. made himself manifest in a supernatural way where, yes. you know, there was no questioning mm -hmm. who was the one holding you up all this time. You know, I, I find oh, yeah. it amazing. Oh, yeah. And so now, the, in terms of your husband's faith and, and the journey that you are both on now, what does that look like today? Mm -hmm. um, we, we, it was rough in the beginning. You know, trying to, to find our footing and trying to, to fuse our family together. It was really rough. And um, based on the fact, too, that I had such a uh, horrid past and just being able to, to let go, to try to tear down the walls that I had built up, that I didn't realize that I had built up walls. But because God was in the midst of it, God used him to cover me in prayer and, and practical ways because there would be days when I would push him away from me. And I would do everything that I could to just test him to see if he was actually the person mm -hmm. he says that he was so i would go out of my way to do things to hurt him even you know um not not like physical hurt but emotional yeah. hurt and all of that mm -hmm. and in all of that he proved himself to be a godly man he was always there to catch me in prayer always telling me how beautiful i was because i didn't think i was beautiful um every day he would tell me two three times a day he would tell me that i was beautiful and he meant it with sincerity he was sincere mm -hmm. every time that he told me it was this, it was he was telling me for the first time yeah. So I knew that he was sincere and God just used him day 
by day, day by day to tear down the walls. And so we both recommitted our lives to Christ and we were, mm-hmm. you know, um, going to church and all of that. Wanted to join a particular um, ministry, but that wasn't happening. And so God used somebody from overseas, from Canada, to, to um, ordain him as a, as a pastor, um, to ordain him as an evangelist. And we started our own ministry and I got pregnant and that kind of took a little backseat for a while. But okay. now um, that I had a baby, had a baby mm-hmm. and uh, I'm starting now to put back the piece. I'm seeing where God is using me in a different way because even just sharing this testimony now, even yeah. God is just using me in a different way um, than the part that I thought I should have gone because I thought my ministry was to open a church and do all of that. But God is saying, that, no, 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 this is what I want you to do. And so I am on this path now. My husband, of course, being there to support me as well in doing street ministry. And that is where we're going. And you have and the a book? lot of prophecies have come over my life. Yes, even prophecies about the book. Also, I I was graced enough to by God to write a book. It's called Restored to Beautiful. It's available on Amazon mm-hmm. and on Kindle. Um, it's doing quite well. Lots of persons have reached out to me based on that book. Lots of open doors, lots of opportunities have come to me from the, that book. And uh, in terms of the prophecies, I know that they are greater. That is gonna come, and so that is where I am at, at this moment. <laughs> Wow, Demarine, what a story. No, I, I can't even recap it. It speaks for itself. And all I can say is people just have to listen to this podcast to grasp fully all of what you have shared and just the, just the remarkable testimony that it is of God's faithfulness and, and his perseverance because Man, has he made you into a resilient woman and such an inspiration. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And I will ensure that if persons want to get in touch with you directly, that they know how to reach you and and they can reach you as um, the information for that will come up after this. But I just, again, want to bless you and your husband and your children, your beautiful children. And I really pray God's protection over all of them. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew. The When I Was a Girl podcast is a space where the life stories of survivors are shared clearly, truthfully, and with a focus on restoration and hope. For anyone who has experienced abuse, we encourage you to reach out to us here at Girls First International. You can find us at wearegirlsfirst.com or Find us on Instagram at Girls First JA and on Facebook at Girls First. Mm-hmm.